Hello and welcome to the Basketball Champions League Coast to Coast podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein. Last episode of the season, flying it alone. Uh, Igor is uh, busy on other assignments and can't make it. Uh, we really don't have uh, uh, much to report or uh, or the likes. And uh, but did definitely want to give you a podcast. I promised after the at the end of the last podcast that we would have one more show, and uh, that would be with the CEO of the Basketball Champions League, Patrick Caminos. And definitely wanted to get you that interview. Took a little bit to get the interview, and uh, so that's why the delay. I uh, really want to apologize to everyone for um, keeping you, uh, you know, in suspense or whatnot, uh, whether or not you'd get a show, and uh, but definitely had been waiting to get um, uh, the the boss, as uh, as I like to call him, and uh, so that that's the main thing um, out there today. Not really much else out there. Uh, domestic leagues, uh, some. Playoffs are already done. Uh, champions are already crowned. Uh, some playoffs are about to start. And uh, so we're going to, in the next uh, couple of uh, weeks, next few weeks, whatnot, uh, there's a uh, Patrick uh, Caminos talks about that. Uh, sort of a, gives a time frame as far as when the, 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 uh, the, the field will be announced. And uh, so then we'll know uh, who to look forward to watching in the 2021-22 season. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for that. Um, that that'll be coming soon. And um, yeah, so why don't we just get right into the interview? Uh, like I said, not really that much going on as far as there's not announcements or anything like that. So I uh, don't really have too much news to report. So there's the interview with uh, the Basketball Champions League CEO, Patrick Kremninos. Uh, enjoy that. And we will catch you on the other side. All right. So on the show this week, um, a, uh, a regular, I guess, uh, as, as much as anybody else, on this podcast, uh, Patrick Kimninos, the CEO of the Basketball Cha- Champions League. Patrick, thanks for coming back on. It's a pleasure, Dave. Um, it's uh, you're, You've been a tough man to get a hold of. Um, we've been uh, trying to close off the season. Figured uh, it'd be great to have you uh, kind of uh, finish it off. Uh, maybe just... Uh, how long does it? How long does May sixth and the uh, the final uh, there in Nizhny Novgorod seem to you? Um, uh, looking at it now, well, I mean it's a, it's a good point. The, the final was actually uh, a month ago on uh, on the ninth, but it does seem like um, like a lifetime ago. And, and I think that this is the nature of, of this business. That the moment we came back from. From Nizhny, we, we barely had a chance to uh, to savor and, and digest uh, the great uh, uh, event that was organized there. Uh, but we had to get back on the on the daily routine that is planning the next season um, and uh, communicating with all our uh, member uh, leagues and federations uh, in order to uh, anticipate the preparations for next season. So. Uh, although it, it, it's only a, a short while ago, it does seem like a long time. Again, uh, this is the the nature of this uh, of this business. You, you mentioned uh, basically about a month ago. So, uh, kind of reflection, whatnot. Uh, m- maybe 
your most outstanding memory uh, of the final eight? I think, you know, in today's world, organizing any event, um, you know, has uh, added a layer of complexity. Uh, So on that front, we are very pleased um, with the final outcome. Uh, Being in a position to organize the game in front of uh, fans and a considerable number of fans um, was very important for us. Uh, And for the participating teams, uh, I think everybody acknowledges the relevance of having a live uh, crowd uh, in the venue. Uh, But to me, what what, uh, I would say astonished me in a positive manner the most is that although uh, our host, uh, Nizhny Novgorod, uh, was eliminated uh, on the the very first day, on the very first game, to say, of the competition, uh, both the clubs, the local community and the fans uh, remained enthusiastic uh, in their commitment and in their attendance. And, uh, and on the final, we had um, the uh, maximum capacity allowed by the local authorities, which again uh, tells us two things. First of all, the craving uh, that fans have for live uh, sports in today's environment. And secondly, the quality uh, that the BCL uh, continues to deliver where it is in a position to uh, to attract uh, uh, neutral fans uh, to to watch our our final so um, overall a very pleasing thought um, and uh, a, a conclusion to a complicated season if you take into account that this is the second final eight we organized uh, in the last uh, eight nine months so um, quite quite a unique year, I have to say. Yeah, for sure. Um, you you mentioned a little bit. Maybe how how are you you know spending the time now? Uh, I mean, you know, a lot of some of the leagues have already come to a conclusion. Uh, others are are, are nearing. Um, and you know, where if we're at a semifinals, you know, we we kind of have an idea of placing. You know, final placing in leagues. Um, how how. Um, you know, how I mean, how are you spending the time right now? And also maybe how closer are are you to getting um a field for for the 2021-22 season? Well, clear. Um look, for us right now the process is, is quite clear. We have communicated with the all with all the national federations and, and national leagues that organize competitions in, in their home countries, and it's almost uh, almost 40 uh, such uh, such letters went out uh, where each uh, federation is informed uh, of the number of teams uh, it can register into our competition and the stage of the competition that these teams will enter. And this, of course, uh, is not something random. Quite the contrary. This is the outcome of, of a process we have put in place since the first day of the competition, giving value to the results uh, on the court. Uh, therefore, we have the, the access list, uh, the country ranking that uh, determines uh, how countries and leagues uh, are positioned uh, in our competition. And by virtue of that, they know the number of teams they are entitled to register and the stage of the competition. Um, when it comes to the lineup for the next year, um, we are seeing a lot of, let's say, return customers 
um, uh, on, on a penciled in list of teams that uh, will participate next season. Uh, I would say we have uh, an overwhelming majority of teams that have already played in the Basketball Champions League in the past. So that tells us two things, uh, that these teams are consistently uh, finishing among their top positions in their domestic competition. And secondly, they enjoy uh, the collaboration and the level of, uh, of service and competitiveness that is brought by the Basketball Champions League and therefore they want to return. So um, we will conclude this process at the end of the month uh, when the board uh, on the last uh, week of June will validate the participation for next season. Uh, and then we will start the usual preparations uh, with a draw uh, in early July and then with uh, all the relevant planning for, for the coming season. Um, you, you mentioned the board and, um, I wanted to ask about that at the last general assembly of the board, uh, you guys, um, uh, Antonio Martin, the president of the ACB was unanimously, uh, easy for me to say, elected onto the board. Uh, that was the first time that ACB was, is represented on the board. And then the, the general assembly also put on the observer, uh, um, Chus Bueno, uh, a representative of the NBA, uh, I was just kind of wondering what you think, what kind of impact you think that uh, those two individuals on the BCO board might have? No, I think these are these are valid observations. I think um, starting with, with Antonio, who is obviously a, a full member um, of our board, representing uh, the ACBA, arguably the most competitive league um in Europe, for us, this is of, of extreme significance. When we started the competition back in 2016, uh, we all know that uh, the level of, uh, of participation by the Spanish clubs was, was limited. And, and we worked very hard uh, with the ACB, especially over the last few years when Antonio has taken the helm, uh, to really uh, work closely and, and uh, promote the BCL uh, in that environment that, as we said, uh, represents uh, the top league in, in, in Europe. And if you, if you see that out of the five BCL seasons, uh, we have three winners coming out of the ACB. We have four finalists coming out of the ACB. We've always had uh, a Spanish club in our final fours. Uh, so we acknowledge the relevance uh, and importance uh, of the ACB. And we're very pleased to see that some of our long-standing partners, clubs from the ACB, uh, are continuing to grow within that environment and within the BCL, most notably uh, Lenovo Tenerife, that is participating uh, for the first ever time in the club's history in the ACB semifinals. Um, so again, goes to show that um, the clubs that uh, form the core uh, of the BCL, they are really delivering at the highest level in their uh, local competition. So for us, clearly the ACB remains a, a, a very important partner. And with Antonio, we have uh, a great collaboration and it's, uh, it's an opportunity with him on the board to strive at... Uh, increasing this good collaboration, finding means to to grow uh, the BCL even more and to promote it even more uh, in Spain. And of course, with Antonio's experience uh, representing, again, as I said, 
the most uh, advanced uh, and competitive league in, in Europe. We are looking forward to his uh, um, uh, ideas and to his contribution into the, into the board. When it comes to Chuspueno, um, as you very well know, we have, uh, as FIBA, uh, a very close collaboration with the NBA. Uh, Mark Tatum, the deputy commissioner, stands in the FIBA central board. Uh, and uh, this collaboration uh, has culminated, at least at the club level, with the participation of the uh, NBA G League winners uh, at the FIBA Intercontinental Cup uh, and various other projects uh, that we do uh, jointly with, with the NBA. So with Choose, we have this, this uh, opportunity to have somebody that represents uh, um, the most advanced basketball league in the world uh, be part of our uh, community and uh, the knowledge and expertise that comes out of that environment can only benefit us very much. So um, it is true that, uh, you know, with the participation and the contribution of the ACV and the NBA, uh, our board has grown significantly and, and we're very excited about uh, what the future will hold. Uh, I always, I'm actually very interested in, in the in the business side of, of things. And, and just a couple of uh, days ago, there was an announcement on the Basketball Champions League website that uh, FIBA Club Club Co. and Sport 5 uh, announced uh, a three-year uh, contract um, a partnership uh, giving Sport 5 the uh, exclusive agency um uh, the the global the marketing and global media rights for the BCL also the FIBA Intercontinental Cup uh, for the next three three seasons. Um, I, I was I always try to um, try to to find out a little bit more about the uh, about these business matters and, and maybe what kind of impact this might have on on the spectators uh, both maybe uh, probably not not necessarily live but more uh, um, you know watching the watching the games. Um, you know, either on TV, online, whatnot, or also following on, on social media, since that is also becoming such an important part of of, uh, of the game nowadays. Uh, on on that front, um, after our uh, excellent five year collaboration with um, with the Zone and with FIBA Media, um, we were uh, examining or we examined the opportunity. Uh, to have a, an inclusive uh, and, and holistic, let's say, approach when it comes to uh, our commercial revenue. Um, as we very well know, there, there are two main streams when it comes to sport properties to commercialize uh, their rights. One is media and, and one is sponsorship. And, uh, and uh, we managed to find this agreement and this partnership with uh, Sport5, one of the leading agencies uh, on both uh, of these territories, the sale of media rights and the sale of sponsorship. Uh, and because these two go hand in hand, uh, you know, one needs to complement the other in order to, to help uh, the promotion of the, of the competition and the promotion of its partners. Uh, we, we examined this opportunity and uh, we, uh, we are going down this, uh, this new approach where um, we are looking forward to um, a commercial approach that uh, 
will uh, will also help the BCL uh, in its continuous trajectory to growth. Um, I've always said that uh, you know uh, sponsorship uh, is not something that is sold uh, on the first day uh, of a competition. We need data. We need to create a story. We need to develop uh, a, a very clear plan uh, around sponsorship. Media uh, is uh, is a different uh, category because content is offered from the first day. So um, it, it's always, let's say, uh, simpler, for lack of a better word, to, to sell media. Uh, but now we have decided to uh, uh, focus on, on the overall growth of the commercial business uh, for uh, our clubs, for our leagues, for our partners, for our uh, communities. So we believe that with Sport5, we have found the right partner. We're extremely excited uh, to see what uh, the future will will hold. Uh, a lot of uh, innovative ideas uh, that we hope will benefit uh, the audiences, especially um, at home. Uh, when it comes to uh, to the next day, you know, we, we've demonstrated as BCL that we remain um, in the forefront uh, of uh, uh, innovation or of trying out uh, new ideas. Uh, I, I will only mention what we did in France uh, over the course uh, of the top 16, where we had disagreement with Twitch, mm -hmm, yeah. um, a, a very dynamic, interactive uh, platform uh, for an entirely new target group uh, that worked very well for us uh, and for our French club of Strasbourg. So again, we, we are very excited about uh, bringing out new ideas and, and working with an industry leader such as Sport5 uh, in terms of uh, putting them into into action. You you mentioned the um, how pleased you were with the with the um, the fans uh, club uh, management everything uh, in in Nizhny Novgorod and I, I wanted to actually um, uh, bring up a question that was brought that was asked that was posed to you at the roundtable uh, at the at the final eight. And, and uh, you know we're five years into this now, and and, and looking at that situation, um, the the question was, and, and maybe it'll be a very similar answer, but for those who might not have have heard the the answer, um, how close do you think we might be to having a neutral host of a final four? Um, you know, taking a look at uh, at um, you know maybe the uh, what what you know how the rest of that tournament, uh, the final eight, uh, you know, concluded and whatnot, and and just thoughts of the the expansion uh, of the league and 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 development of the league. You know, we also had um, the 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 final four in um, in Antwerp that w which went really well. Uh, so maybe just your 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 thoughts for those again who might not have seen the the roundtable um, online. Uh, what are your thoughts about about uh, possibility of having a neutral uh, final four? I think I think it's a question that has been posed uh, internally uh, among ourselves uh, uh, immediately after Antwerp. You're, you're very right, uh, Dave, to, to point that out. Um, in Antwerp, which was our third final four, um, we were very pleased. That that in a game, in the final game, that did not feature the home team, we had a full capacity of, of more than 17,000 fans. So that, of course, 
uh, triggered these, these sort of discussions that, you know, we should start uh, examining this, uh, this option. Of course, subsequent years led us to these unique final eight formats. Uh, we all know the, the logic behind it. But the thought uh, has matured uh, in our minds, and I think the competition has grown significantly um, in, in a manner that uh, we hope it can hold uh, its own uh, in a neutral venue. Um, I've said this many times before. Uh, there are very, very few sport properties where the game is sold out irrespective of who the participate, participating teams are. Uh, Super Bowl or, or UEFA Champions League are, are uh, a couple that come to mind uh, with regards to, to team sports. It's not automatic that fans uh, will, will run to the stadium or to the arena um, uh, if the teams are, are not the most popular, the most attractive ones uh, in some other sport property. So we acknowledge this. And the reason we opted uh, for a Final Four uh, that was uh, held uh, at the ground of one of the participating clubs was exactly that. Uh, it allowed us to, to work very closely with the club, with their fans, and to safeguard uh, a level of uh, uh, organizational commitment and fan attendance that was necessary for us uh, as we built our competition. Uh, <clears throat> and we were very privileged uh, in Tenerife in our first year, in Athens, in Antwerp, uh, and in subsequent events uh, to have this sort of, of reaction. But now uh, our competition continues to grow, our deliverable continues to grow, but the time to organize does not. So the only way to safeguard uh, that we can take the BCL Final Four, our pinnacle event, to the next level is to uh, anticipate and to plan the hosting well in advance. So that's something we are exploring. Uh, we're having discussion with a number of, of uh, potential hosts. Uh, in this case, of course, it's no longer the club that is the host, but mm -hmm. it's more uh, uh, the league, the federation, the arena, and other entities. So we need to find the most suitable uh, candidate for us to move forward into that direction. Uh, and we hope that uh, we can soon announce uh, the host of the uh, Final Four 2022. Um, speaking of 2022, uh, there, there's... Uh there's a change in the format, a slight change in the format um, that uh, actually I'm sure quite a few clubs kind of wish they'd had this season. Um, so we will once again, uh, as this season, have eight groups of four teams that will remain. Uh, and then the eight uh, first place teams will, will go directly to the round of 16, while the second and third place teams will then play a best of three play-in series uh, for the remaining eight spots in the round of 16, which will then go back to the groups groups phase and then uh, and then the the quarterfinal playoffs and uh, and final four. Uh, maybe just main thinking uh, whatnot of the format change to add the play-in best of three series featuring the second and third place teams from the first round stage. So you're absolutely right. I think the, the COVID pandemic crisis gave us an opportunity um, to, to look at a different option. Uh, necessity dictated that change uh, when last September 
we realized that in order to safeguard the completion uh, of our regular season, uh, we we needed to, to adjust uh, our competition format. Um, but we also saw a lot of benefits uh, in that format, especially linked to the uh, number of competitive games that uh, were able to present to our fans, to our partners, to our broadcasters. Uh, and also, we, we are not very sure what the status of, uh, you know, return of fans uh, in the arenas will be in October. So we needed to protect our our member clubs. So uh, we have uh, evolved uh, the current format in exactly what, uh, what you described. And uh, what we have incorporated is even more uh, exciting games in the sense that uh, uh, by truly rewarding the group finishers with a direct, the group winners with a direct participation to the top 16, we put additional value to winning the group uh, mm -hmm, right. in the initial regular season. Uh, but then we um, wanted to make the fight for second and third place uh, equally uh, exciting. Uh, because now uh, second and third place finishers will continue into this playing tournament, which effectively means that until the very last game day, every club uh, will have a chance uh, to, to continue playing after Christmas. So uh, we have found that this, this gives a lot of opportunities, a lot of excitement, but also creates this uh, mid-season uh, best of three series that uh, uh, reward the winner with a participation in the top 16 and therefore create a level of excitement uh, at a time when there's usually a, a curb in the in the interest of fans. So we, we are truly excited to, to test this new format. Um, you know uh, my dislike to, to consistently changing the formats. Uh, we have had, unfortunately, to do it more than I would have liked, uh, but we believe that we have now found a format that uh, uh, in the current landscape of European basketball uh, suits us very well, uh, provides a good balance of European competition and domestic league competition, and uh, allows clubs uh, to remain very competitive on both fronts, uh, which we need to respect, uh, uh, again, taking into consideration the importance we put on the domestic leagues. You you mentioned we don't know what October will look like um, with COVID numbers, everything else. Things look good right now or are looking better probably uh, continent-wise. Um, let, let's put the question this way. How much is COVID-19 still hovering over the decisions that you're making? I, I think it's, it's impacting it in the sense that we know that clubs might not be in the position to to host games with uh, full capacities uh, in in october uh, in that case uh, operating a venue uh, for an extensive number of games uh, with diminished revenue uh, impacts clubs' budgets uh, in a negative way um, also we don't know what the travel situation will be in october so adding uh, additional travel requirements might also complicate matters for clubs. And uh, we found out last year that with clubs playing effectively uh, on alternate weeks, uh, having the opportunity to uh, to recover 
uh, to treat um, any any COVID cases that might still arise, or uh, to prepare uh, their fans uh, for a, a fewer but more exciting games, does have uh, advantages. So um, we, we live in reality. We realize that uh, you know things might not be uh, at a full normality in October. And again, uh, the less fans are in attendance, uh, the more complicated it is for, for clubs to organize numerous games. So we need to protect that uh, uh, that uh, environment. All right, last question. Um, I'm sure the when um, uh, I, I don't, very, very, very few people could have uh, imagined that uh, when you when when the people uh, everybody was uh, considering starting this organization that five years in, we will have had uh, you know two seasons uh, that uh, one entire one and one uh, about a quarter of one that uh, was uh, was uh, ravished by a, a global pandemic, um, but. If you know the the league has now reached a half decade in age, five years have have gone by. Um, let just take a reflection, quick reflection on 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 where you think the league has has gone in those um, in those five years. Also, obviously taking into consideration everything with the pandemic, and and not necessarily go to the next five years because that's you know that's hard. Uh, but maybe just the next two, three years where you see it going and maybe where you would even like to see it going further? I I think that, you know, when we started the competition back in 2016, we had set out a a very clear three-year plan. uh, And that was to establish the competition as a credible one that serviced the needs of the participating clubs, that protected uh, the results of the domestic competitions and and added value uh, to the equity of the participating clubs. And I think that this was achieved uh, in a very successful successful manner. And and testament to that is the positive comments from from many clubs. And most importantly, the fact that they vote with their feet uh, coming back into our competition. Um, we also had a strategic plan uh, that around that time we would go and seek third-party investment. Uh, we know that in order to grow this competition to the next level and in order to uh, help it grow uh, the way we uh, we hope, uh, we needed um, this additional uh, investment, not so much for the financial element of it uh, as much as for the experience, the expertise and and the partnership that would take us to the next level. And, and we, mat- we managed to uh, also conclude that uh, right before COVID, uh, COVID became so dominant in, in our lives. Since then, of course, uh, it has been um, a combination of trying to uh, remain um, afloat and competitive. And we are extremely proud that we are the only club uh, competition uh, in Europe uh, at the international European uh, environment that crowned the champion uh, in 2020. Uh, and we all know that this was not simple, but it is, uh, again, testament to our commitment uh, to continue working with our clubs and to continue to deliver at a high level. Uh, we had to make adjustments for COVID 
this season, which were again very much appreciated by the industry uh, with regards to our uh, reactive nature uh, back in September when we, we changed the format. And I think um, everybody was, uh, was highly appreciative of the fact that we gave everyone some breathing space, uh, some time to adjust uh, and to safeguard that all the games were uh, decided on the court uh, with the full squads. Uh, we had many games postponed, but we had given ourselves the flexibility to be able to reschedule them at the convenience of the club. So um, we, we didn't have any impact, let's say, on the sporting results. So uh, we believe that after five years, we have gained um, a level of, uh, of credibility into the market that was, of course, validated as well last year uh, when we saw the arrival of some of Europe's top clubs into the BCL, like Darushafaka, like Lietuvus Ritas, like Limoges, uh, like uh, Galatasaray. Um, that uh, are now members of everything that is done um, in our competition uh, for them. Um, we are in, in continuous discussions with them and, and with other clubs uh, about the future uh, of our competition. And we believe the future uh, has to take into account the, the, the greater landscape that exists in Europe uh, right now, the need for that landscape to be um, further uh, examined and improved. The aim always being to give uh, club basketball in Europe the commercial value that it truly deserves. We are talking about the number two sport in popularity, but not the number two sport uh, in terms of the commercial value it generates. So we acknowledge that the system... Uh, of competitions remains uh, complicated and therefore problematic. Uh, and part of our commitment over the next uh, years are is to contribute in addressing that uh, issue. And uh, the stronger the BCL becomes, the louder the voice we will have in these discussions. And we believe that uh, the model that we are currently proposing, a model that values the results of the domestic league and rewards clubs uh, with European participation is one that is uh, um, acceptable and suitable to the European culture, to the European pyramid of sports. And we believe that more and more clubs are realizing this. And we hope that over the next years, uh, this, this uh, will allow us to, uh, to contribute, as I said, in, in changing the landscape in a manner that uh, uh, is advancing the, the rights and the interests of club basketball. All right, fantastic. That uh, is the 2020-21 season wrapped up. And uh, now we all have look forward to the 2021-22 season. Patrick Cremdinos, the CEO of Basketball Champions League, as always, thanks for taking some some time away from your busy schedule to talk to us and uh, and catch up and and let us know what uh, what your thoughts are uh, were on the past season that just finished and also look give us a chance to look ahead to to next season. So uh, good luck uh, over the remaining summer days uh, in in all of the planning that you and and everybody around you you have. Thank you very much, Dave. Best of luck uh, with your projects and looking forward to catching up soon. All right. Fantastic. Always uh, always great to hear from him and uh, to give us a 
an update on things, uh, in this case, uh, wrap up a little bit, uh, the 2020, 21 season in a bow and, and, and then also look forward to the, the following season. Uh, I, I do like the, I do like the playoff. I do like the, 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 the format change with the play in game, uh, playoff series, um, that, uh, you know, quite a few teams, we, we, we talked a lot this season about teams that, uh, that didn't make it. Uh, there was a lot of, there were a lot of good third place teams in the groups in the first, in the first stage of the playoffs. And, uh, obviously, uh, you know, those teams would have had a chance to, to, to reach the, um, the, the next group stage. Um, so, that's very, I like that a lot. I, I, I like the idea of that. Also, it's going to be pretty interesting to have a, a little mini playoff series right in the middle of the season, best of three, uh, their play in series to get, uh, to the, uh, to the round of 16. Um, and then obviously, you know, it does give you some good weight as far as uh, winning the, winning the group. Um, and then it'll make even make games that much more, uh, compelling knowing that, um, you know, third and third place will actually get you, uh, will actually keep you alive. So I really like that. Uh, yeah. So, all right. So that's the show. That's the season. Um, uh, as I, as I said, uh, at the beginning of the show, promised you a podcast before the end of the season, uh, a bit delayed, uh, but, uh, you know, delayed is, is, uh, does not mean that it's been canceled. Um, so that was, um, thank you to everybody who, who, was on the show. Thank you to all the players. Thank you to all the coaches, ma- uh, management. Uh, thanks to all the fans. Thanks to Igor. Um, thanks to all the, the BCL guys who have been on the show. Uh, the announcers, uh, Deacon, Demi. Um, thanks to everybody for uh, having another season of the podcast. And uh, we really look forward to the 2021-22 season. So, uh, enjoy the, the summer and, uh, and know that soon we will have news about, about, uh, the basketball champions league. So, um, enjoy. <laughs>